Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. Literally too long didn't read. TLDR, you guys are awesome. Did you have a good day, Nicholas? Yeah. It was, How was your commute? 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 I'm, I'm not a commute fan. Definitely yeah, not a commute I, fan. I was going to say, we're, we're, uh, we're an hour later. Then we know what we should be starting there, Nicholas. Mm, yeah, I'm uh, not not a fan of public transit. Not a fan of transit in general. I like being home. Well, with that said, my friend, oh. welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages. The Dork Shared Gooniverse and Geeks Worldwide Radio proudly presents to you the greatest podcasting team in the world he's the fry guy nick fryer i'm the sick boy backcracker dr joe together we are the tldr podcast baby nicholas how's it going wow you were able to hold a note that long with how congested you are i'm very impressed i got yeah the rest of the show i'm fucked for the rest of the show well <laughs> you know what you blew your load now that's when you got to do it it's the most important part of the show because that's when everybody's catching us on twitter or twitch when they're streaming along swiping and everything like that and if you're just finding us randomly also on youtube make sure you go check out one of our audio pages where if you're like me and you're making that hour-long plus commute now you can go and listen to our podcast usually we're about an hour long so hey if you're going into boston every day or new york wherever you're listening to us from we i know we're big in germany for some strange reason you can listen to us on your commute on the way in uh we're available on apple itunes uh stitcher spotify wherever you listen to podcast geek worldwide radio soundcloud um and that's the only place you're going to find our fryer side chats those are the interviews that we do with creators from the business uh, business uh definitely want to check all that stuff out but joe uh enough about that well, we have we are finally doing a mainline episode for this yeah. uh, the spooky season. Took us long enough, man. It's been we we definitely have no shortage of scary books to talk about, but we just haven't been able to because we we had the special that we did for Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. We had Kieran Gillen on the show to wrap up Once in Future, which was huge and so much fun, uh, both the series and the conversation. And then of course we have our monthly solicit that we do in the first week. So it's good to finally hear you talk about a scary book that I've been freaking like dying to read, but I've had to wait because of that stupid decision that we made a while back. Right. It was so terrible. Uh, so it was funny because I think it was like halfway through September. We're looking ahead and like, I'm, I'm going, Holy shit. We're going to get, we're going to get main lines. Uh, we're going to get three main lines at a trade yeah. where we're going to be able to like hope for the first time. We'll actually have a spooky month because uh, with, with the book that I'll be talking about today, uh, I had also planned to talk John Lee's sink, which I will talk about on this show at some point, but I had that planned. Yeah. Uh, and then I had one other spooky book and then we had a trade, which we were going to do a spooky trade. So we were going to really, because the first year that we did TLDR, we had a great, 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 great uh, spooky month of October. And then last year, same thing as this year. Like we had interviews, we had specials, we had trades. So like, we're getting to one book, but I feel like we're not the only ones in the DSG that have been kind of plagued a little bit by not having a lot of spooky stuff to talk about, mm. you know, this month. So love the Lord of the Rings talk that we had last had week with uh, with the other Billy D and uh, who, who who coined the term. Uh, what was it? The um, um, Andor. More oh, like yeah. Blandor. Bland, more like Blandor, which yeah. was fucking great. 
So there's been a lot of great TV out lately. So a lot of things that, you know, people have had to talk, but I'm excited to talk spooky books today. But before that, Nicholas, mm. we should probably catch up and then talk about what's new. Yes. So catching up real quick for me, the big one has been Deathstroke. There are a few different things that I looked at, but that was the big one right now. And for me, Dexter Shoy is the artist on this series. And I've said it, I said it all the time. Like I, I, anytime he's drawn stuff, I want to be checking it out. Sure. There have been some projects at DC that he's worked on where I just maybe haven't cared quite as much, but I love me some Deathstroke and they're doing like Deathstroke year one right now. Green arrows in the mix. So it's been a lot of fun. We got the, the 14th issue of that out this week. So I'm fully caught up on that one right now that was just the one i wanted to touch on but what about you uh so i caught up on x-men i had two i was two issues behind on x-men which um i've been enjoying but it's been i feel like i for, i feel like someone who's jumping into this series like in the middle of a run and I'm like what the hell's going on which mm-hmm. is bananas because i've been reading this since <clears throat> it's relaunch since issue mm-hmm. one, but because of all of, uh, you know, the, the the big, huge, massive Kieran Gillen event, I just I just haven't been reading that. So sure. just reading regular X Men, it's been like, uh, it's been a little, you know, it it hasn't had that flow issue issue. But caught up on that, um, caught up on Dark Spaces Wildfire issue four that came out. I think last week might have been the week before, but that's a TLDR worthy book. Can't yeah, wait to talk that. about it. Can't mm-hmm. wait to talk about it on this show. It's Scott Snyder and uh, Hayden Sherman. Hey, uh, hey been, good job. It's been, it's been, thank you. It's been excellent. And then uh, Batman, the white Knight. I caught up on issue uh, five issue six. We'll mention uh, comes out in a little bit caught up on that. I've got some interesting thoughts on that Nicholas that I'll dive into in just a few moments. I'm excited to hear about that, but let's get to Marvel first. As we start off, what's new. I got you, Joe, uh, the amazing Spider-Man issue 12, Moon Knight Annual Issue 1, which, of course, I'm reading Moon Knight. Uh, Venom Issue 12. Axe Judgment Day Issue 6. You mentioned that earlier. New Mutants 31. Doctor Strange, or I'm sorry, Strange Issue 7. The Variants Issue 4. Star Wars Doctor Aphra Issue 25. Exterminators Issue 2. Thunderbolts Issue 3, which I got to go back and check out Issue 2 on that one. Iron Cat Issue 5. X-Men Legends Issue 3. Strange Academy Finals, Issue 1, Wild Cards, The Drawing of the Cards, Issue 4, Mech Strike Monster Hunters, Issue 5, Ultraman, Mystery of the Ultraverse, Issue 3, Joe, and then the title that we're both reading, but you wanted to discuss in particular, Wolverine, Issue 26. Yeah, this is this was a series, I think, that I caught up on, you know, while I was, uh, you know, up in Canada, because I was a couple issues behind, so I, re- I made sure I read this one today, all caught up. Mm. Oh, it is fucking terrific. Yeah. Oh, it's good. It is a doozy. Just I love Benjamin Persons, Benjamin Percy's writing, you know, with, with this character. I mean, he's been doing a great job with Ghostwriter too, but there's just something inherent that he knows about Wolverine that he gets. And there is the way this particular issue ends, Nicholas. You're gonna be like, what the fuck? Uh, but what I love particularly about this issue is typically I can't stand the the data pages, the white pages. They've gotten a hell of a lot better with those, mm-hmm. right? And Percy does something a little bit different, right? There's a little white page at the beginning, as always, that kind of summarizes the you know where the story is at, which I appreciate. Uh, but then uh, there's a character that we meet, and there's the CIA 
sort of classified document like memos that are mm. put in there from one of the characters that that we're familiar with from the series and it's just done so well and so when it all sort of comes together in this particular issue you go huh oh fuck and, and then again i just want i wish i wish i was behind because i wish i was like so when i when issue 27 came out i could have read 26 and 27 back to back because now mm. i'm gonna wait a whole month to, to see where the fuck this is going but it was excellent it's tough doing the Lord's work, but somebody's got to do it, Joe. And I appreciate I you doing it. Uh, but you yeah. know what? It's funny is I swear to God, the last time that you talked about Ghost Rider on the show, you you said that I the inverse. You're like, I, I love what Benjamin Percy does with Wolverine, but it feels like he just gets Ghost Rider yeah. in a certain way. And the fact it's that bananas. you're saying that, you know, whether it's month to month or every other week, whatever it is, I forget their scheduling. But it's, it's awesome because that just goes to yeah. show how great of a command he has of both of these characters yeah because like there is that gap in between and so you, you forget you because sure. you know it's, it's it's very much recency bias and i guess the overall point is that he really gets those characters he understands them you know i i feel like after talking with him a few times now uh that he is sort of like there's a little bit of those characters in him. And I'm not talking about like Ghost Rider, but mostly, you know, um Johnny Blaze. Johnny Blaze, right? There, there's some Johnny Blaze in Benjamin Percy. There's some Logan, right, in Benjamin Percy. And he and he writes them, he writes them so well. Yeah, he really does. I think and I think well, we've we've definitely deciphered that there's quite a bit of Logan in Benjamin that, Percy. That is for damn sure. That is unquestionable. <laughs> that is that is stone cold fact. Uh, we move over to DC, and we got Detective Comics 1065, which I know you're on top of. Action Comics 1048. What? You don't want you don't want me to talk? No, I, you're sick. I was trying to help you, you out. You, 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 hog, you, hog, you, you hogging everything here? You know what, Joe? You know yeah, what? I am. You know, you go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead. I got you. Go ahead. The people want to hear my voice. They do. Raspy, but you're contested or not? I'm fine. I'm, it's my Jordan game. You know. Ooh. I'm at my best when I'm at my lowest. Okay, remember uh, that at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're always pretty low, anyways. I mean, you're not exactly the tallest person I know. Five foot six on a good day with the right pair of shoes. Uh, Detective Comics 1065. This continues to be stellar. Rom V is doing a great job with this. Uh, Action Comics 1048. Uh, DC versus Vampires issue 10, which you'll talk, uh, which you've been reading. Mm -hmm. um, Harley Quinn 23. Uh, the human target number eight. I have to catch up on this. I haven't read that. I need to read issue seven um, and this one as well. Uh, Catwoman Lonely City number four. Deathstroke Inc. number 14. Uh, Tim Drake Robin number two. Batman Fortress number six. DC Horror Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead. Uh, Punchline Gotham Game number one. I wanted to read this and I didn't. And, um uh, but the other one that I, I, this one intrigues me, I, I didn't really have any um, uh, interest in reading this book. But when I was at Newbury Comics today, they had a couple of really cool covers. There was a Red Hood cover that I almost snagged, made me the cover made me want to read it. So Batman Gotham Knights uh, Gilded City, number one. Who was it just straight up Red Hood? Uh, well, this was one of the variant covers. It was, and it was in uh, a plastic bag, so I don't know if there was like a trading card in there or something. But I uh, almost bought it. It was, it was fucking badass. Mm. Uh, it wasn't Kirkham, I, right? Because I feel like he did a, or maybe it was a Hal Jordan thing he did recently. I thought he did like a Green Lantern crossover. For some reason, I thought it was for this. 
Yeah, I don't know who the artist was. It just it just okay, looked you it Karkum. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. it just looked awesome. Um, let's see here. Young Justice targets number four. DC Mech number four. Batman: The Audio Adventures uh, number Ooh. two in comic book form. Um, in comic book form, but we've got I two books here in particular that I want to I want to discuss. Yeah, one I, I teased earlier, so I'm going to start with that one, and that's Batman Beyond uh, the White Knight issue six. This is a book that we've sort of been like we we both love, you know the the Murphy verse and the previous you know White Knight books. Love them, love them, yep. love them, love them, love them, love them. And even the the Harley Quinn uh, written by Katana Collins series was excellent. Uh, so we are very excited for this one. And I think where the letdown there was there was two letdowns with this one wanted more batman beyond wanted more terry mcginnis mm-hmm. i thought i thought he was going to be the star uh and he hasn't been and that's been a bit of a letdown the other letdown was that we had the little red hood uh two issue arc um you know sort of stall this story a bit in terms of like there was a delay it was a two-month delay between i think it was issues four and issues five and yeah. the red hood story was just kind of meh yeah that was, was still, like, that was tough so like there's a point here where i'm like ah, i this is it's, it's not great i gotta tell you issues five and issue six were excellent oh good excellent good excellent 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 Still, my it's a little too a little. There's it gets a little too meta, a little too meta between that hmm. dynamic between Bruce and um, Napier, right? Which we've okay. we've seen already. It's not a spoiler, right? Just like sure. we've seen, you know. So that relates. That gets a little weird. But okay. I've got to say, the 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 actual story and the last two issues and what we get and what uh, what is uncovered um, has been excellent. Okay. So uh, I know you're 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 probably a little behind. I am behind on this one because the the Red Hood stuff like slowed us down, and also it was just like yeah, before it it was like okay, it's it's been fine. Like the first verses were fine, but they didn't like they weren't read not issues, my talk stuff wasn't. So so read issues five, make it a priority to read issues five and six for sure. And I think you'll cut you'll be like okay, yes, that is more what we're used to. It's it's still like. Good. It's still not like on the level as the other ones, but it's much better than because I was about to just say, eh, I'm done with it kind of thing. So in the end, how would you because uh, obviously I haven't finished it, but going into these last two issues right now, my rankings are like one is that the first series is the best, then two, then three. Yeah, yeah, it holds that way. But I think this one, it just inches a little bit closer. Mm. Right. I think there's still a bit of a gap. Like I, I'd even put katana collins is harley quinn above it mm-hmm. right uh but i, I that was I good say yeah that, that was very good I, I but i say that with like okay this has become much better now it's like not as far back it's not like a huge gap now between those and this one it's a little bit it because because the the first two white knight books they're so good and they're they're really for me like one A and one B storytelling. That's what I was trying to. I was curious because I right. I know you you read t- actually the second one before you read the first one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So excellent, excellent. So like this gets it's it, it gets much better, but it's still there's still a bit of a gap. Like it's mm. not like I wouldn't go one A, one B, and one C. I go one A, one B, Harley Quinn, 
two and this is three kind of thing. That's you know, and the, the, it sucks about because the, they they made a change. You know, Sean Murphy made a change to Red Hood and Nightwing's history in this story, and it kind of sucks because I would have liked to see him mess around with it a little bit more than than they did. It just didn't really fully work for me. So well, I'll see where where five and six are because who knows that's that some of that stuff come up. The Nightwing stuff's been very interesting, but I think they they kind of flipped the two characters is what he's kind of done. Yeah. Right. Yeah, in a couple of ways they did, yeah. And there's a great moment between between Bruce and um and Dick that happens uh in issue six that I think uh I think you'll enjoy very much. I know I did, and it, it really really swung me around. I'm like, okay, this is a much better series than I thought it was going to be. Um so Batman mm-hmm. Beyond the White Knight, uh issue six. I it was okay. a seven issue series. No, um, I thought that's not the end. I thought it was six for some reason. No, it wasn't the end? another one. No, no, no. There no. is another one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Dick swung you uh, around. Okay, that's good to yeah, know. Yeah, um, Dick, Dick, always Dick swinging. Um, but, 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 but the book I want to really discuss. Yeah. I dibs on this immediately is, um, uh, sorry, Riddler uh, year one. So Written good. Absolutely Paul loved Dano. it. Absolutely yeah, yeah, loved yeah. it. It was so awesome. <laughs> How do you like it, asshole? Yeah. Well, I called dibs. Dibs, mm. dibs, 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 yes. dibs, dibs. I would like everybody to know that Joe, every time I call dibs, Joe's always like, yeah, okay. Like he, he's not just yeah. on Twitter. Like he texts me that stuff too. And then he sends me a note, like a grimace face every time too. Like, like as if he accidentally read it and totally forgot because of the one time. Well, you know what? You go and and, and now you. He, then he texts me today. He's like dibs like fifteen times because I screwed up on. What was it that I screwed up on that I actually read? I well, remember. no, you didn't screw up on. I I screwed up. I um, forgot that you'd call dibs. Uh, I, I it was it, it was, was a miscommunication. It was a book that I didn't read. I can't remember what it was. People don't fucking give. A oh, shit. it was that um, it's that boom book. But we'll talk. We'll talk boom. Whatever. Go ahead. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. tell me about Riddler Year One. Uh, so Riddler Year One, part Briar. That's what it was. Briar, Briar, Briar. Yep, excuse yes, me. Yeah, Briar. Okay, that's what it was. But yeah, Riddler Year One's been everybody's radar for a while, so I'm curious yeah. to hear how this was. So when this was announced that Paul Dano uh, was writing a Riddler book, I think that sort of piqued all of our interests. And, sure. And so we're all like, ooh, this this could have potential. But then we also have like, oh, is it is it going to be like good or is it going to be like Pat Oswalt? Right? <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> Right? Is it going to be like Keanu Berserker? Reeves? Yeah, exactly. People fucking love it. I, I, oh, side note, I keep seeing shit on Twitter like Berserker is so amazing. It's probably like, did you fucking read it? I don't think you read it because you wouldn't be saying that if you read it. I got to go uh, back and finish it. I tried to stay with it, but there was like a pause like after we, I said I was going to stay on it. I think there's another book that's taken like fucking 10 years to come out. Uh, Berserker. Mean, Anyways, yeah. anyway. Riddler, year one, written by Paul Dano. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. If you could look the artist up for me, because I forgot to write it down. The artist does a great job of capturing uh, what Paul Dano looks like because he incorporates that like into the art of the book. So what we get here, right, is an origin of Paul Dano's Riddler uh, in the movie The Batman, which I thought he did an excellent job. And so I was a little curious how the writing was going to go and how he was going to approach it, what type of story he was going to tell. And this first issue is so good because he, you know, as an actor, right, he had to tap into, um, you know, he had to tap into, you know, what he thought the character was going to be, how he wanted to portray the character. And that's exactly what he presents on the pages, um, you know, in this book. Stephen uh, Zubik, thank you, uh, is the Mm -hmm. artist. He's brilliant, 
brilliant, brilliant art because it's dark. Like you get the, you know, the the the, the feeling of Paul Dano's, you know, portrayal of the Riddler in the movie is someone who is obviously, you know, mentally unhinged. There's there's a dark past there. Um, and he taps, he tapped into that in his, his portrayal, of him, but he also taps into that in his writing of this mm. book. And, and, and Subic's art is, uh, I think captures that, you know, sort of there, you, you get a feeling of mental illness when looking at the pages. It's like, it's, oh, it's wonderful. Right. Okay. In, in the most, like, not that mental illness is wonderful, but like just watching it, uh, you're looking at it, reading it like, mm-hmm. oh God, you feel it. You mm-hmm. you feel this guy's pain. You see That's it, crazy. And, and and you and, and and like it almost it's almost as if like you're sort of transported into you know the character of the Riddler as you're wow. reading the story and 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 going through. So absolutely excellent. I can't wait. I don't know how many issues this is supposed to be. I'm assuming it's probably going to be five or six issues. Mm-hmm. But the story, how he sets it up, you start to see. You know, he starts to plant. You start to plant the seeds of you know, you know him on the message boards, and um, he's actually trying to do good things. It's just again, that's another example of a character who's trying to do good, but just constantly gets stepped on. And mm-hmm. what he uncovers, like, there's a good mystery here. Like, he's a he's a sleuth, and so I can't wait to see that transformation from you know, like, downtrodden you know, mentally ill guy trying to do good, trying to do the right thing. And then when that switch happens to go from, you know, good guy to bad guy. So absolutely loved it. It was, it was much better. I was, I was very, very shocked by how good this was because I wasn't expecting much. So I am, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm bummed that I got to wait out on this, but Hey, that's, that's the game that you and I have decided to play, but I love your description of Steven Subic's art. Like that's, that's huge. Like to hear that, like the, the, the way and how it makes you feel like you're like seeing the world from the characters, like eyes. I know sometimes artists do that, but the way you described it, I think is brilliant. So that, that just, that I can't wait for, uh, Wait to get a look at this series. I know I'm gonna have to wait a lot longer than everybody else, but it sounds like this is a must read if you are a DC fan yeah. or a Batman fan. Yeah, it was it was a really good first issue. I hope it I, I hope it's able to carry that steam. Uh, I don't see why it wouldn't though. So right, one would think. I mean, especially when you're talking when when you got a like, you know again a, a writer who portrayed the character and has a very good feel for the character, and then you have an artist who seems to have like a really really uh, impressive style um and that that's going to tap into the character well so i'm i'm very excited to hear you talk yeah. about it more going down the line um awesome stuff then we got image uh we got a couple books that we want to talk about from here we got image issue seven lovesick issue one which i know our guy ferg checked that one out um and did a review on geeks worldwide i gotta check this thing out i thought it was it seemed pretty interesting sins of the black flamingo issue five 20th Century Men, Issue 3, uh, American Jesus, Revelation, Issue 1, which this is Mark Millar, and I need to check this out. I've, no, I've, I've known about this series for a while. Um, this is, just, I think, a continuation of what he's done in the past. I forget who the artist is. Um, but speaking of him, we also got the Magic Order, Issue 3. I'm sorry, Magic Order, Volume 3, Issue 4 is out this week, as well as Flawed. We just had Chuck Brown on the show a little while back to talk about that. The second issue of that is out. And then we got two more book show that we wanted to dig into. Uh, we'll go with the one that I want to talk about that I'm reading on my own. 
So Rogue's Gallery, which is co-written by our guy Declan Shelby, who we had on the show a while back to talk about Old Dog. Cannot wait for the second issue of that to come out. Um, and he kind of broke down his role in this series, so where he seems it's like he's more of an editor in this role. He's still writing in some capacity, but he's kind of helped oversee everything. In the end, um, I think Rogue's Gallery is an interesting commentary. I think it is a solid book. I think a lot of people will like. I think if you like comics and if you like comic book movies, it is worth your time. Um, I don't know that I can go and talk about this at great length on TLDR. I feel like it's similar to to Good Boy, where it's like there. It, there's a little more depth to it than, the, than than Good Boy. Like Good Boy is like a fun action story. It's like John, uh, John Wick, but it's the dog that lived. Like there's there's yeah. you know you get you know like you, you know exactly what you're getting there. With this, there is an interesting commentary on fandom, you know, with comic book movies, and then like what actors go through because the, uh, Declan Shalvey's co-writer on this series, the, the lead writer on this series, is is an actress where she's talking about all you know everything that the, that actors kind of fear. Um, and a lot of that comes to realization in this story. So I do think that this is a good series. I don't, I can't go and say like, yes, this is an absolute TLDR series where I feel like, you know, most people that I talk to who like comics, you should check this out. If you're always looking for different stuff, I think it's solid. And I think, you know, you're because the big thing for me, I talked about it throughout the course of reading it was the ending of the first issue, the ending of the second issue. I don't think I ran into it in the third issue. Um, but the, those first two issues, the, the, the final like page was just like, wait, what? It, it was like, it felt like it was just such a huge shift and it didn't make any sense. It was almost like a cover within the book. And I'm all about having a splash page on the final page, but it didn't make sense for the flow of the story. So it left me kind of confused. So um, I give it like uh I, I think if we if it's a book's like an eight out of ten for us, sometimes you can talk about it on the show. But in this case, I don't think that I will. Um, we also have a long list of books. But if you're interested in Rogue's Gallery, if you if you thought about picking it up, I think it's an interesting concept and something that you'll be able to read pretty quickly in one setting. Um, but there's just a lot of other good books out there. That's kind of the problem. So solid, I guess, is what I, I give it at the end of the day um, after the four issues. But something that's a quite a bit more than solid, Joe, is Vanish. And we got the second issue of that this week. Um, I know you highlighted this first, but we, I, I want to talk about it as well. But what were your thoughts? Oh, man, it's it's just so good. It's so freaking good. And yep. I love, uh, you know, I love you know the, the main character because – I, what I love more than anything is a deeply flawed character. And we see, we see a lot of that, this issue. Uh, we, holy smokes. There's, there, there's a, a sequence in this book that goes back. It takes a look back at yeah. history. Yeah. And you're like, holy fuck, man. Like, yeah. It's like, they're really going to go there. Like, yeah. yeah. Too soon, but it still kind of feels like it's too soon. I don't know. And, and and it's and it's done in a way where it's not like it's sensitive. It's a very important, you know, you know, plot device, you know, to kind of you know give you more depth into this character in the in the world in which you know he lives in. But like that was absolutely wild how they did that. But then how it ended and and where this story is going to go. I think uh, again, this is. This is up there. This is gonna, you know. I, I hope there's a, you know, we're gonna get one, 
two more issues by year's end. I hope that's enough for us to really be able to, you know, give it heavy consideration for book of the year. Yeah. Um, it might not be enough, but man, it's really, I good. don't know, dude. I don't know. It feels like it's my front runner right now, honestly, because these first two issues have been absolute friggin' bangers and we meet it. Like, so yeah, you talk about it. Like we get this very, very <laughs> uncomfortable sequence right out the gates in this book. And I could not believe it. I, I legitimately said to myself, like, Donnie and Ryan are actually going to go there right now. Like, but, it, I, but it never actually made me it. feel uncomfortable, which is wild considering what what it is. Because I think they 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 did it in a very, you know, they handled it very well. They did. And they, it, they, and, they, and did they did. But at first I was way. uncomfortable. Like I first see it and I'm like, oh, really? Like, well, how are you, you going to navigate you, this? And it's like, okay, you did a good job. You see, you, you, you see something that is very distinct, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, are they, where are they going to go with this? And then you see, and you go, oh, and then you think they're not going to do it. And so it's, yep. it's, they, they pull it off, but I, I, I never, I guess what I wanted to say was at, at no point did I ever think it was um, tasteless. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was okay. Ooh, ah, okay. But they pulled it off. But you want, I mean, that's what we want, I think, at the, at the end of it all, like, especially when we're talking about indie books. We want things that push the limit. We want things that make us feel uncomfortable in certain ways, whether you're talking about a horror book that makes you maybe have trouble sleeping at night. Or in this case, if, if it's, you know, taking a look at society and then going and taking a really important event in this country and then like just adding a twist to it where it's like, oh, like you don't know how it's going to go. And and I, I you, you like that stuff. Like, I mean, we, we like that yeah. stuff because it's just, it's pushing boundaries. And that's with, you know, with the, the big two, sometimes they can push certain boundaries, but it's really not like, not like that, not that kind yeah. of a thing. Um, not using that imagery. That's for damn sure. No, that's, that is for freaking sure. And also we meet a new character in this. We're not going to mention the name, but yeah. infinite potential with this character yes. too, where Oliver's oh, yeah. going to kick ass. Um, and, and his wife too, we're very, you know, very excited about her moving forward, but we meet a new character who's uh, going to be very important in this mix. So, um, I, I cannot, and Eleanor, I believe is, uh, Oliver's wife in the story, but yeah, lo- like they, they're doing a great job through these first two issues. Cannot wait for issue three from uh, Red, Ryan Stegman, friend of the show. Make sure you go check out that interview if you haven't already. Um, let's see, we got, oh, what we have boom, right? Yep. So we have, um, uh, we only find them when they're dead. Uh, issue 14. This is a book that I've like died two arcs behind at this point. I don't wow. know if I'll go back to it, um, yep. but we'll see. Uh, we have the vampire slayer issue seven. Um, and then a couple of books that I'm reading uh, stuff of nightmares issue two. This is again, RL Stein's horror book. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Like to me, I think of RL Stein. I think of fifth grade scholastic, that sure. kind of level of, 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 you know, scary books. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a really good comic actually. Nice. Uh, TLD worthy, TLDR worthy. I'm not sure, but it's been really good. We'll see. It's only been two issues. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then house of slaughter issue 10. I mean, there's such a, such an up and down with this side series. And like, I start, I really started like where this arc was going and then it like, just like, stalled and just flatlined like where are we going there's no action it's just talk it's just a lot of dialogue and then like the end of the issue we got some action and then the same thing with this one it was a lot of dialogue to start you know and then we we get we get some stuff that kind of pulls you back in a little bit towards towards the end i mean 
it's there's a clear clear um delineation between something is killing the children in this book and even though tynan you know is credited as you know script writing you know on this it's just <laughs> those two aren't even in the same ballpark Mm-hmm. really like this is like okay this is stuff that's taking place in that universe and it's good um i would never do a tldr issue on this particular side series but sure. like something is killing the children still to this day remains one of my top favorite books it is it is that that good so yeah um yeah yeah you know but um you read you've been reading Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 101 that also came out this week and then and this is uh Melissa Flores's first issue too friend of the show she's taking Oh that's series. right that's yes. right good call thank you Nicholas for that and then the book that this is uh it's it's a rare occasion in which Nick uh Nicholas uh, snags a boom number 1 from me but he did so mm-hmm. and uh be thankful Nicholas because I had it potted up on my computer ready to oh go. Oh my god. And I texted you oh. before I started reading. Oh my goodness, you almost you almost briared me again. Unbelievable. Uh yeah, Briar and then now damn them all. These are two titles. I saw them come out and it's like, okay, it's boom, it's number one. You know, what's the doc rule? And now the doc is also trying to tell me call dibs more. All right, I'm gonna do it to him where it, it hurts him most with boom. You'll think worse could possibly be AWA if I did that to you. I don't think I could ever get that by you. Um, but damn them all is written by Cy Spurrier, who we've had on the show a little while back to talk about step by bloody step. And the artist on this is Charles Adlard, who you may remember from the walking dead fame. So you have a quite an all-star cast here uh, coming together on this series. And I think the the best way I reviewed this for geeks worldwide. I think the best way to sum it up is um, was in the headline that I actually wrote. If you're uh, Constantine fans need to read this series, Flat out. That is exactly the vibe that you are getting from this first issue. Of course, Cy Spurrier wrote Hellblazer uh, a little while back. And if you liked his run at all, where Constantine is like is actually what John Constantine is supposed to be. Not just like this, oh, he's a bugger and like everybody says they hate him, but in the end he kind of gets the job done and all that stuff. And like it works out for most everybody, right? No, I'm talking about like this guy is a clear as day dink. And he goes and screws people over in the end because he's trying to save everybody else and make things right. But somebody is bound to end up getting like, is it losing a limb or maybe dying or whatever? And it's going to end fairly poorly for everybody involved. And a little bit of his soul dies in the course of it all. That's what I get from this, for, from this character who's at the center of it all. Ellie, who's also nicknamed bloody L. Uh, she is also British, so it, it's, it seems to be set somewhere in England. I'm not I'm not sure exactly where I forget. But also, Joe, it's kind of like I don't think that Boom pitched it this way or the elevator pitch or whatever, but it feels like it's Constantine meets Newburn because no. this, character, this character is working for the mob. So I'm yeah. not I'm not entirely sure how close it's going to get to Newburn. Maybe that's why that wasn't in the pitch or. Who the hell knows? But I might have to start reading this. Definitely, like a little bit of that first issue was was outstanding. I like L. Um, I love the nickname Bloody L. I think that's that's yeah. bloody brilliant, honestly. Um, so this is this is wow. a little on the nose. I know I'm better than that. I, I think, but uh, great Are first. You issue. I don't know. Uh, great first issue. I think I gave it a nine and a half out of ten. Probably could have given it a ten out of ten. Um, I reserve those for some like 
absolutely crazy crackers first issues, but this is right there. You know, it, it could not have had a, a better start to this issue. So, or this series, so I'm, I'm very excited about it moving forward. That's awesome. Now, that's uh, absolutely sounds fantastic. I mean, literally nine times out of 10, when boom drops the number one, it is, it's going to be heavy consideration for TLDR. It just is. They're that good. And, yeah. and that brings us to this next studio who also continues to um, put out, uh, must read books like i we got to extend or i think we have extended the doc rule to awa as well sure. so this week from them it's been uh new think issue five and absolution number four um when it came to new think issue one you know i think we were both kind of like oh okay it was good but that was a little on the nose um the second issue was i enjoyed it far you know far more um, and I thought it was excellent. So I got to catch up on that. Got to read the past couple issues on New Think, and then Absolution. Read the first issue, absolutely loved it. Um, I've got issues, you know, you know, two through four as well. So I, I got to just catch up on those because that's been another series that I absolutely love. And I kind of put that on par, you know, at least from that when I read that first issue with Sacrament. Like it's just like that level of it was awesome. So uh, Sacrament, we talked about that. You know, that's been an excellent series as well. Um, so those come out this week from AWA. I'm going to rip through a few of these other studios here, uh, real, real quick. Nicholas, sure. and then we Actually, can, I got you yeah. because you got the, you have the one last one that you want to dig okay. into. So I'll take care of that for you. So IDW, okay. we got Sonic the Hedgehog issue 54, TMNT, the Armageddon game issue two. A lot of the covers I'm seeing for that look pretty awesome. Godzilla, best of Mothra. Cause again, did all this with TMNT. So we got to do it with Godzilla. Uh, Valiant, we got Bloodshot Unleashed issue two. Vault, uh, Barbarica series I talked about on the show a little while back, Axe to Grind, Issue 3, and Nightfall, Double Feature, Issue 1. From Skybound, which is also, of course, published under Image, we got Firepower 24 and Creepshow, Issue 2. Uh, and then, Joe, from Com- do we go to Comixology next, or should I go to uh, Dark Horse next? What do you think? Go to, go to Dark Horse. Go okay, Dark we Horse. got Pearl, Volume 3, Issue 6. The Roadie, Issue 2, which I really like the first issue of that, and I called dibs on that series a little while back. Uh, we got Criminal, Macabre, and Count Crowley. From the Pit, They Came, Issue 1. I'm stunned you didn't try and abbreviate that one. And then, Joe, we have Dead Mall, Issue 1, which you wanted to dig into a bit. Yeah, just just real quick. This was interesting. This was a book uh, that I'm I'm about halfway. I get about halfway through it. I go, eh, I don't know if this this book's for me. Um, and then we start to we start to get a sense of where it's going because you've got you're trying to figure out who the narrator is, and it's obviously not one of the main characters. So okay, where is this going? That was like honestly, this is the first time where like the narrator sort of kept me going with the book because it just. It was interesting what they were talking about, and I needed to see where it was going because, like, the interaction between the characters and what was I was like, it really wasn't pulling me in. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of ends in a way where I'm like, okay, my interest has been peaked just enough to check out the second issue. So I wasn't like over the moon with it, but like there were some elements of it that 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 pulled me in just enough, just hmm. enough. This wasn't one of those like, oh yeah, you get through it and bam, I'm 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 baited. Right. I'm in. I got like this was like, okay, I'm going to I'll give the second issue a go. See where it goes. But that like the second issue will be make or break it. You know, this is one of those type of series. That makes sense. Um, Yeah. So it was it was it was good. Not great. But it was weird that it was that element that kind of kept me. That is like because I wanted to know who who it was like what who's the narrator? What is it that's going on here? Because there was just 
it was a dialogue with the narrator, narrator honestly, that, 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 that kept me going with it. It's Lord of the Rings that's got you all messed up now because you had the, the not Gandalf stuff and Hal Brand throwing everything off. Yeah, right, that's, that's right. what it is. Um, uh, good to know. And then we got yep. Comicology before you get into your book. But we have Canary Issue 3. It's supposed to be out this week. I've been waiting on that one for a little bit. I uh, have to double check. But that's a book that I'll be talking about on the show here at some point down the line. The Black Ghost Season 2, Issue 3. Um, Joe apparently hates calling arcs seasons, which yeah, I yeah, Comicsology does this. They did it with Snow Angels, right? With, with Jeff Lemire, Snow Angels, like instead That's of just right. calling them volumes, it's it, it season, season one, season. It's not a fucking television show. It's not. You don't call them <laughs> fucking seasons. Yeah, yeah, I, it's, yeah it's fucking dumb. It's mm-hmm. ludicrous. We're not. It's not a television show. Don't mm-hmm. call it a fucking season. Call it a vo- call them what it, it fucking is. It's a volume. Yes. And that's grind my, that's Gilmore's grind. You know, Gilmore grinds his gears. Grinding Gilmore's like, gears. Grinding Gilmore's gears. Right. Yes. There you Holy go. Holy smokes. Yes. Uh, but anyways, that I, I just fucking that drives me nuts. But um, with that said, Nicholas, mm. uh, the reason why we ended with Comicsology and Dark Horse because uh, around a year ago, right? Maybe <laughs> you know, right around a year ago, we right around a year ago, we had a big event here on TLDR. Right, Comicsology launched Scotttober, and it was announced that he was writing all these books, you know, that were going to be initially exclusive on Comicsology, and then over time would then uh, be released as floppies through Dark Horse Comics. And we had Scott Snyder on and Greg Capullo on to talk about we have demons, uh, oh, and wow. then we can and then we continue to talk with Scott about um, Night of the Ghoul, Canary. Uh, Book of Evil, Barnstormers, all all the the the, the full catalog uh, of books, the clear that that he was releasing, and we've gotten a lot of them. We there's still some more to come, right? Yeah. And so we did our little draft, and we said, okay, we'll read. You'll read these books. I'll read these books. We could talk about it on the show, but then like, oh fuck, here we are a year later, and we're just now talking about Night of the Ghoul. And Nick's pissed because he's been dying to read this book, and it is, it has been. Again, this is up for book of the year. It is that good. Um, we 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 told Rich Keefe of the Dork Podcast to check it out. He read the first issue, absolutely, absolutely loved it. So um here we go. Killing me. This was one yeah. uh, real quick before you get into it. We had to read the first issue of the clear night of the ghoul, and yep. we have demons because of the conversation that we were having with Scott. And yep. Greg, so I did get a look at this first issue with this, as you did. We have demons, and after I read it, I was like, "Oh my god!" I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I was so glad I got. We have demons, and I, I like that series a lot. And we, t- I talked about it on the show earlier in the year, but man, I was like, I'm really gonna be annoyed that I have to wait so long for this. And then the way they, how long it's taken to finally get hard copies of Night of the Ghoul, it's just been like, oh. Yeah. You saying you were going to read Sync? I was like, you know, no. <laughs> you don't have a choice in what you're talking about today, Joe. This is a dictatorship. That's what the show is now. You know what I almost did last night, honestly, is that I almost um, took my notes for Night of the Ghoul and put them in a separate doc, and I almost put notes for Sync oh, on here. So when you, when you... That would have been an amazing joke. It would have been, I thought you were going to say that uh, you were going to it out. You were going to talk Sync because then yeah. John Lee's would have been in on it. And then I'm like, oh, now you have to do it. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. No, I, I, um, I wouldn't give Sync its proper due. Yeah. Um, so Night of the Ghoul, written by Scott Snyder, artist and colorist Francesco uh, Francovilla, uh, letters oh. by Anne World Design. And I got to tell you, like, when it comes to horror, right, there, there are, you know, 
I think Jock does a really great job, but there's something about Frank Avila's art that is just, he was born to draw horror. He really was Mm. because, you know, his artwork, you know, throughout this series uh, has been, was absolutely tremendous. And, And, you know, whether it's cover art or whatever other book he's involved in, like, I'm just so drawn to his art because it's not your typical you know, it, it, it's it's almost a throwback to me. I feel like we, if you were to read like horror comics from like, you know, the 1960s or something like that, like this is what you would get. And but it's it's a it's a lot more refined, but it's got that sort of old school, you know, vibe to it. Mm. And so um, quick synopsis, uh, a dazzling work of horror intercutting between the present day narrative and a story of a lost horror film. The writer and artist behind Batman, the Black Mirror, reunite to shed light on a celluloid artifact once thought forever missing, perhaps with good reason. Um, So as I stated before, this was originally on Comixology. So if you have Comixology Unlimited, you can go grab all six issues. Boom. Download them. Read them. They're there. Um, And but they're now being released as floppies uh, through Dark Horse Comics. I think we've got the first. Now, I think I might be wrong but they might be doing three issues with two issues per release. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Um, but from what uh, league of comic geeks, they only showed three issues out. And so I, I'm wondering if it's, they're doing like issues one and two together, three and four. And five that makes sense. Yeah. Could be wrong, but that's my, how they're not doing a bad it. Idea. But um, just, you know, overall thoughts, you know, of this book, you know, it, it was funny because when we sat down and when, when as you mentioned, we talked about, we got advanced copies of we have demons the clear and um and uh, night of the ghoul um you know we had we we were immediately drawn to we have demons because it's capullo and snyder right we love that team we love capullo's art and that first issue was fucking crackers there was something about the clear though that out of the three when i initially read them the clear was my favorite uh because of uh, francois manipal's art and the vibrancy of it and, and sort of that that San Francisco noir, you know, crime story like that, that to me is what initially pulled me in. And so when I read night of the ghoul out of these three, initially it was, it was like third on my list. But then as I started reading it, uh, it became by the end of that second issue, I go, this might be the best Scott Tober book period. Mm-hmm. And, I, and there's still, I haven't read Canary and I, Book of Evil, which you're reading, I think dropped a week or two ago. I mean, I love the clear. We have demons was excellent. Barnstormers has been has been a wonderful surprise. Um, but there there is something about this book. It is it is a perfect horror comic book, in the sense that we get we get we get that awesome you know Snyder storytelling where you know he again he's got sort of like these kind of threads that go out, and when he's when he's you know telling his narrative, and then by the end he just pulls them all together and it just wraps up this story like perfectly and every little thing every little breadcrumb that you might have missed all then comes together and the twists and the turns that 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 happened throughout this story is also excellent and and sort of as the synopsis stated there's a present day story and then there's sort of this backstory that happens you know these flashback scenes where you know you have sort of the two characters like you know so what it's about is you've got this horror film junkie uh, and his son visiting a uh, re- old retirement home because they think they have found 
the long lost director of this movie of this famous famous movie night of the ghoul that was supposed to be the greatest horror movie ever ever created um but never was released due to mysterious circumstances you know the the film set was burned down they thought the the movie was lost to time they you know no one knows what happened to the director um and they're obsessed they want to finish the work of the director tf merit and so they go to this old person's home and uh, they kind of you know lie to kind of gain access to talk to the person who they think is and it turns out it is him and so they want to they want to find out where you know what happened that night so they can kind of you know finish the story and so as you see tf merit he is he has been burned he is this hideous looking you know, you know, Cretan creature of a man. And he's like, what, what you didn't watch that movie. You know, he's like terrified, but then he starts to tell the story and it's through those flashbacks that you get really good storytelling happening. And all the while, uh, 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 the, 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 you know, the guy, the, you know, the, um, um, I gotta go down to my character. So Mr. Inman, right. Mm-hmm. he's the guy that's sort of obsessed with this movie wants to be his son Orson's with him. His son is kind of a dick. There's some sort of falling out that happened between the two of them, but he's, he, he's dragging him along because I guess they used to share this passion for horror movies and stuff. And so, you know, while he's talking, while those two guys are talking, he's sort of snooping around and what he uncovers and just how everything comes together. It is so good. The suspense is perfectly paced nicholas you know Mm. the backstory that you get that's where you get initially you get a lot of the horror and you get a lot of that suspense and then when it all comes back you know like like is you have these sort of two threads going and then when those when that gets knotted up and pulled together and now it becomes like man i can't Mm. i can't recommend this book enough and when i say that it is a true masterpiece it really I, that is not hyperbole. That's not hyperbilly. That's not, you know, like I try not to get so over the top and sell things because the this this stuff is subjective. Sure, sure. But with with Frankavilla's art and and Snyder's storytelling and just the way he he weaves the twists and turns and how they all come to and the revelations and the reveals and everything like this is a book that should be read like. This is a book I could see like, oh, every every October I read this book. Really? That good? Right. Because wow. it's just it's just that good. And so it's like we talk about Red Fork on this book all the time. That's yeah. a great horror book, but it's a different kind of horror book. That's mm. more of a jump scare type horror book. That's more of That's like, a, one. Yeah. you know, a gruesome. And, and, but there's that underlying like theme of addiction and all that. Right. That yeah. was something. That book. That was something, and that was again. That's another one that should be should be read by other one. This is just like this. Just gives you that macabre, you know, old school horror feeling when you mm-hmm. when you read it. And that it that does, I got that from the art, yeah. And it does read like a movie, right? Like this would make an excellent movie. Hundred hmm. percent would be would knock your fucking tits off. So, uh, I can't wait for you to read this because. And I can't wait to talk to you about it. And I can't wait for for Keith to finish it too, uh, because honestly, if we were if we were to go back on Dork again and do our top ten, oh yeah, books, um, there's no doubt that this would be top ten, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was top five. 
Okay. Wouldn't surprise. Honest me. to God, after reading that first issue, I mean, it, to hear after I read the first issue, I was like, okay, this is going to be a kick-ass here. So then obviously, we uh, you, the whole thing has to kind of bear itself out and everything. You don't necessarily know, but I obviously trust your judgment completely. So for for that momentum to carry over the entirety of that the the story. I mean, that, that says it all right there. So I, I don't doubt you at all. That would have been a top five because we've been, we were pretty in lockstep when it came to that. I mean, and also we had hotel on that list. We had the autumnal on that list. Those were two absolutely yeah. outstanding series. Um, so yeah, that's uh, God. Yeah. I mean, this is why I, I was like, I, I knew this was going to be good when I read it. And this is why like, we've just been like, you know, but sometimes I'm forgetting that, Oh, we need to wait till the physical copies start coming out. That's kind of how we right. want to do it. But God, it's been killing me. And you haven't talked about this book. And and what's great too is that like the movie itself is a character, right? And oh, cool. everything right. So which is which is a which is a cool concept. So you've got like the physical characters, um, but then you, you know, this idea of the movie and and sort of you know what it it it's just it's it's perfect. It's fucking perfect. Damn. That's, I mean, yeah. when you say you're going to read it, it's something that you could see yourself reading every October. That says a lot to me. I know, it's, especially yeah. now when it's tough because we're reading, we're saying on top of everything, so it's kind of hard to go back and reread things unless it's for an actual show. Right. But yeah, I get, but that's, that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, you, I think you answered my question about the, uh, the, the one that we always ask each other. Oh, this would make an excellent movie. Excellent. It's, it's honestly, I don't think I need to ask you, like, as you, as you're here, you talking about it, like, no, this, this is, this should be made into a movie, whether that's Netflix or, are actually cinematic, but uh, man, awesome! I am I am pumped to give this one a look. I'm not going to wait too long because I've been bugging you on, it and I I want to I want to get after it. Anything else on Night of the Ghoul? No, no, it was um, read it. I mean, if you're a horror junkie, um, and you know, if you're a horror junkie, you know, go out, you can go to your store, you can find, you know, hopefully you can find the first issue. If not, go on Comicsology. And, uh, you know, and, and but you can buy them there digitally or if you're you've got Comixology Unlimited and you just this one missed you, uh, you can read them for free. Um, it's it's a must read. Plain and simple. Uh, OK, nice. Yeah, I that definitely definitely a must read for me. And I'll be talking about that. Uh, maybe checking that one out. And maybe when we finally do uh, a trade again, you know, in 2025, uh, I will do that. Um, as for me, I'm been I've been dying to talk about DC versus vampires. Uh, and so now, you know, I'm not, I'm not waiting around for the series to wrap up. I thought it would have been wrapped up by the time October came around based on when it was when the, the, the event first began. We'll get into that in a second. But first, the writer on this series, uh, we got James Tynan and Matthew Rosenberg working together. We've obviously seen those two do quite a bit at D.C. Um, I guess, you know, Tynan kind of trying to help Rosenberg become one of the, the guys over there at DC and helping him transition as Tynan has obviously gone and done a lot of his own stuff. Uh, the artist on this series, Otto Schmidt, who I think is the best green arrow artist out there, period in, in Canary black Canary for that matter as well. He does such a good, like his style, which there is a similarity in the sketchiness to, um, to who were we just uh, to Sean Murphy and and I guess to Abel to some extent, but I guess where Abel is more his lines are similar and like the structure of faces and whatnot, where he that's where he and Murphy are similar, where Murphy and Schmidt are similar. Not to bring everything back to Sean Murphy, but he they, there's the 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 
edginess of it, the, sorry, the, ske the sketchiness of it with their art styling that is that Abel doesn't necessarily have. His is a little bit more refined, I guess I would say, when it comes to his work. But I love Otto Schmidt stuff. I love when he was on, when he was drawing Green Arrow and Black Canary. Um, I believe it was for um, Rebirth. I think he was doing that stuff. But I think it was Benjamin Percy that was uh, writing that as well. But Anyways, um, he's the artist on the series. He's doing both the colors and the line art. Uh, the letterer on this is Tom Napolitano, of course, a name you see pop up a lot um, in this uh, in comics. As for the synopsis, the Justice League is uh, has a long protected has long protected Earth from all manner of foreign and alien invaders over the years, always keeping a vigilant eye to the skies for the next threat. But what if the threat was already walking the Earth, hiding in plain sight? watching, waiting for their moment to strike. In the tradition of Deceased comes a terrifying new series from the Twisted Minds of blah, 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 um, that will tear the Justice League apart in their war with the undead. And that is not an understatement whatsoever. Um, and it's not just in the, like, hey, we're going to go and, like, rip each other to shreds. I think that's kind of more what you get from Deceased. With DC, DC versus Vampire, there is a lot of like chess moves in this. There's a lot going on um, because with these vampires, we've sat, we've seen it like over the years. There are some vampires where it's like, hey, you know, in plain sight, like that's clearly a vampire. Um, you can see their fangs or whatever, different different shit like that. Um, but with these with the, these vampires here, you you can't tell. It's just anybody. And by just, and not just anybody, it is, we're seeing DC's heroes turn into vampires and you don't know that they're vampires until they want you to know that they're vampires. So anybody can be a problem in the course of it all. Um, I mean, for, as far as characters go, I don't want, I want to be like, you get all of DC involved in this series. Green Arrow is very much at the center of this. The Bat family is very much at the center of this. Constantine has like, you know, some significant role in the course of all this too. Of course, this series is not wrapped up, but I wanted to talk about this series in October. This is going to be a 12 issue series. There's a sub story in here as well. Um, and there was also a one-off, but we've only gotten 10 issues of it so far, but they've been great. So I don't have much doubt about how the, the plane is going to be landed, especially with Tynan being involved in this series. Um, the sub story is all out war. I know I expressed frustration about all out war originally. Uh, the big thing for me was it was a, pretty much black and white with the exception of like red and orange being featured as a color in there. The big problem for me was there was a long pause at, at one point with DC versus vampires with the main line. And then we get back to it and it's like, we have all that war and I'm just like, what, what is, this? what is going on? Like you have cool characters like Deathstroke's at the center of it. You know, Constantine, Azrael, like all cool characters that I, I, I would love to see in the mix. But why are we doing this over here? Like give me the actual main line. And then we got the one-off hunters, which was good. A little bit more felt like it was less of a sidestep and more of a, um, moving the story forward, but I since went back and reached, re looked back over some of the stuff that's out from All Out War, and it's like, okay, I was, I, I was in that moment just frustrated because this stuff is actually really cool. What we get in that, um, in that sub story as well, which also is not wrapped up just yet. There's only four issues of that out so far, but, um, so again, you know, you got a lot of characters in the mix there that maybe you don't see as much in the course of the main line. Um, but I don't want to get too much into the other characters that are involved in DC and like who's the main characters in all this. I will say Green Arrow. 
Like if you're a Green Arrow fan, you're going to get a lot of cool stuff from him. But everybody else, like I just think you're better off knowing you cannot trust anybody in the course. Love of that. Yeah. Love that. It, it, it's, it is it is wild. Like the twist you get in the first issue alone is like, we're, again, we talk about when we had Sean Lewis on last where he talked about that propulsion after we talked to him about Above Snakes, the propulsion that takes you from like one week, one monthly issue to the next you get that in this first one and you get it a lot throughout the course of that first arc. Um, and it's just like every time it's like, Holy shit. You just, there's a lot of action. You, you have like people you suspect, you don't know, you don't need like, and they just, they do a great job of hiding everything. You, just, you have no clue what's going to happen from page to page. You have no idea who's, who's safe um, and all this. And um, you know, the, the kind of the, the driving force behind all of the, the DC characters getting in the mix is um, Mary, Queen of Blood, which I believe is a name we've kind of seen in vampire history over the years. She um, she has been killed, and th- that action kind of sets everything in motion. But the big thing is, like, who brought her down? Who's trying to pull the strings and everything and what's going on? Um, and you find that out, or like, uh, I think it's issue six where you find out like, all right, who is the, who is the puppet master now? Who is calling all the shots now? And Oh God, I, I just, I, it's, it's nuts. It's absolutely <laughs> friggin' nuts. I don't want to say any more than that. Cause I don't want to in any way tip my hand. Um, but, uh, but anybody can be turned into a vampire. There's one thing I want to throw where I say like, you can't, no one is safe. Any of these, the, the DC heroes or DC villains, as far as I can tell, any of them can be turned into a vampire. So, like, like any sing, any person you see, you 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 don't know till like you you till you know. Uh, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but yeah, so it, it's it's very it's not this is not like a scary thing. Yes, it gets violent. Yes, it gets it gets vicious at times. I mean, Otto Schmidt definitely has a lot of fun. Um, but I would say this is more of like horror elements with a lot of action in the mix. Um, yeah, there are some like surprising moments where it's like, oh fuck, but not nothing like this is more like your your like your nephew could probably read this series and I would think he would end up being fine. But I know you'd be fine reading it. Yeah. I hope. Yeah, I mean even backwards on that one. Yeah, I read Deceased and that was fine. That was enjoyable, you know. Um, you know, that's more zombie shit, but um it was pretty good. It was it, it, I think it's what's unique about this, what's unique about Deceased is that it's fun seeing these characters you know in much different roles right mm-hmm. yeah and especially the artwork that comes with it so i'll, I'll definitely have to check this out because i remember when it came out and i was like i i you know had just read dc still like ah you know kind of like you know what i mean like yeah it was a lot like dc for a while had done a lot of this like dc vampires dc you know zombies pop pop uh, marvel zombie is like i'm good mm-hmm. so <laughs> i'm good but this things- sounds very interesting as you guys go and look at it, I, I I would wait until the whole series done to check it out. I mean, yet Lord knows we all have enough to read, so you can go and maybe read. I, I think they did like what they're doing with the um, medieval story that they got going on, which I think is on pause. It's all the Tom Taylor stuff. But I think they did three issues, and that's a collected edition, and three issues, and that's a collected edition. Um, but it seems like the, the first six issues, like there's a pretty big gap from the first six to like in, in time, I mean, like in, in the course of the story, like there's like a lot happens from issue six to issue seven. It's just like the world, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, but I, 
I, I think everybody's better off probably just waiting until this series wraps up, then go and you know pick everything up and, and binge the hell out of it. When it comes to this, though, there's a lot of characters, and you can see it right now. Um, you know, on my screen, you'll see it for those who are, who, are, who aren't watching the stream. One of the covers that I have is Batman, clearly in vampire form. Now, what? Go ahead. I was gonna say Francisco Matina does a variant on each one of these issues, focused mm-hmm. around a different DC superhero, and they are fucking excellent. They're so that good. Batman one. Yeah, you, that's is so Matina. good. There's he one in so particular. Good. There's one that I think I want to get you that I don't want to. I'm not going to say. Just is it the Nightwing like, one? I'm not. I'm not saying anything. Like I'm not, I'm not saying shit, Joe. Because I because like I want you guys all to know. That's what I was going to get into with the covers. Don't read into any of the covers. Like they're okay. all cool shit. Like the only person I told you guys pretty much who's like it's a big story for is is Green Arrow. There are other characters who is big for, but I feel comfortable singling him out. And it's not going to spoil much, at least for me to this point. Like that—that's the only one so far. So because Martina's Nightwing cover, I can't remember what issue it was, uh, but it's on—it's on the Instagram uh, page for today's, you know, cool. post. It is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's just you know, it. Ma- Francisco Martinez—he's one of the best when it comes to cover artists, and um, ah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that that is an awesome one. That is absolutely yeah. sick. Um, he's done so, so a lot of really really good ones. So like, if you like the DC characters, this is a lot of fun. This get this is very metal in a lot of ways. Um, and it's in the in the way again, you never feel comfortable. And this is like an Elseworld thing. So it, I anybody could I think run into anybody can go, can get off in the course of this story. So a lot of fun. You will not uh, you know you will not be disappointed reading this series love that absolutely love that nicholas uh now do we want to uh do a little failed superheroes club we kind of have a little bit of time what do you think you can't i exited out of the notes so it's gonna you take did? Me a second. okay well well i'm gonna well, no I'm... you know i haven't read it so do it because now i you, you i won't be able to to look ahead and, and see so i'll be oh that's good i actually do i do like that a lot unfortunately i can't torn find... eagle mvp baby you know yeah. who Torn Eagle is? No, I do not. Uh, other Billy D. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, all right. So, quick little failed superheroes club because we have not done one of these in a while. The Fab Four, Joe. Have I talked about the Fab Four on here? The Beatles, huge Beatles guy. Okay. All right. Awesome. So, of course, the Failed Superheroes Club is brought to you by the League of Regrettable Superheroes, which is a uh, which is like a book. Yeah, not like a book. It is a book by John Morris. Uh, it's about the history of you know comic book characters that were introduced over the years that were pretty much just shitty in the end. It didn't end up working out. And there's some in the modern era that we'll talk about that I'm kind of surprised were singled out. But the Fab Four, uh, not to be confused with the Beatles, not to be confused with the um, it was the Fab Five, I think, at Michigan, not to be confused with them either. Um, these characters were created by Don Amison and debuted in Superheroes, issue one. From Dell Comics in January 1967. Of course, a very original title. Who could forget that one, Joe? Um, so the origin. I've got it story, hanging on my wall. Of course you do. Up in Bag Ed, right next to all your John Boy work. Um, who could right. forget his variant on that series, of course, as well, in 1967. What was Sheldon, Sheldon did a really good cover for that, too. Really great motion on uh, whatever one of these schmucks is. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Um, so the origin for this, this, these characters, this is a group of sightseeing teenagers. Visiting. Oh, it's a comic about leaf peepers. 
Are you fucking me? Joe, they are visiting the Dell Hall of Heroes. So this is a Dell Comics book. Tell Dell Comic Book, whatever. And it's got its own Dell Hall of Heroes in the actual fucking book. Like it's trying to do what Deadpool did, does and gets meta, and it just sounds absolutely awful. Um apparently, before they make it to the gift shop in, in this story, they uh they get caught in a science explosion from a nearby lab. Uh, and that gives these kids powers to transfer their this is this is honestly some of the shittiest like idea I've ideas I've ever heard. The explosion gives the kids the power to transfer their minds into a quartet, because there's four kids, a quartet of android superheroes that were on display at the hall and unrevealed. That is their superpower. They can take their minds and put it into these superhero robots. That's how it okay. works. Okay. Uh, we have Reb Ogilvy. Uh, his superhero name is Crispy. Uh, he's <laughs> he's a cryogenic, so he like freezes stuff. Which wait, Crispy, wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait, wait, wait. His name's Red Ogilvy. His superhero name is Crispy, but he Reba. freezes shit. Yep, Reba. He Reb. freezes shit. No, a Reb, not Red. Reb, Reb. like it's it's bad. I, it's stupid. Still, still, yep. it should be fire. Jimmy Fire, crispy. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Jesus. Yep. So there's that. Uh, then we got Tom Dennis. His superhero name is Hi, H Y, uh, which stands for hypersonic. So Did you say Hyman. Uh, nope. <laughs> um, then we got uh, Danny Boyd. Uh, his super name is superhero name is L E L, like eleven, uh, which stands for. Laser. That is what his name is L. And it stands for laser. Oh, laser. Should be La. I, right? Laser. I mean, laser. yeah, either way, it's f- terrible. Like, what? Uh, this is f- absolutely fucking ludicrous. And then the lone female character in this is Polly Wheeler. And her superhero name, I don't know if this is the worst one, but they're all they're all really bad. Polymer Polly. Uh, she's able to weave nearly unbreakable polymer strands. This is the only one that makes fucking sense. <laughs> you know, at least this is like taken out of the Stan Lee book of naming characters, right? Polly mm-hmm. polymer and yep. her, her and her super and her superpower actually like goes with her name, like mm-hmm. crispy and ice, L and late like this is. This one so, might take the cake. It's the dumbest fucking one we've done on this show so far. It's bad, man. I mean, and, and guess what? It only gets worse. So these kids apparently travel all around America throughout their series, which was only four issues long, if you can believe. Oh, it. I was. I'm, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised. This was. Uh, you know what? I'm, they couldn't at least get a maxi issue out of this. Twelve issues. It's fucking wild. <laughs> uh, somehow though, Joe, as they're traveling all around the country, they're always right near the Dell hall of heroes. Um, apparently they never, and I know it's only four issues, so maybe they would have touched on this at some point down the line. Maybe I'll give them a little bit of credit here, but in the course of the four issues run that they had, uh, we readers have no clue what happens to the kids' bodies when their minds are possessing the robots. They just go and do that. And then that's it. All right. No idea where the kids' bodies are. We're fine. Everything's yeah, good. They're having a fucking gang bang in the back. Jesus. <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> 
Uh, my God. Well, uh, I, you know, okay. Um, I already wrote a better story you right did. there. I <laughs> guess, I guess you did. Um, let's see. Then we got the villains in this. Uh, we have, um, these are, okay. The names here are, I don't know if they're better. Uh, so we got the clown. Okay. Which is, I mean, also, we, you know, you know, that's also a, a spawn villain too, for being honest. So, uh, he's just clown. Uh, yeah. we got, <clears throat> we got, um, Johnny Boom Boom, <laughs> Mr. Nut. So maybe you were right about that. You know, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't far off the gangbang shit here. <laughs> Jeez. And then we got, um, Nepto the Shark Man and Cole Man. Nepto that's all I got for you, Joe. Shark Man. Is that that is like the Neptune? Fab Four. Jesus Christ, this is this is this one takes the cake. This is a piece of work. <laughs> the Nut, Mister Nut, Mister Nut, and what was the other one? Nepto the Shark Man. No, no, not that guy. Oh, Johnny Boom Boom. Johnny Boom Boom and the Nut. Yeah, and the, yeah. And the clown. That sounds like that's in that sounds clown. like that, a... that 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 sounds like a bad porn parody. Yes, it does. That is a that is a party I do not want to be invited to. That's for damn sure. Um, no. Anyways, no. Uh, isn't it the name from from Mac and Goo now? Aren't they the clown and Mister Nut? Is that, is that <laughs> name? Maybe something else. I can't remember. I, I screw that up. Anyways, I would I would rather read that dumb fucking hamster book than this. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's uh, so, I just I don't get how this kind of stuff happened. I mean, it was I need to find. I, I, they need to print those. I need to fucking read this. I need an issue. DC, just do it. Why not? Just go buy I it. I gotta find this, of course, please. Um, but Joe, that is all we have for this. It's been a while since we got to do a mainline and get to do a failed superheroes club. Yeah. God, that was a, that was a doozy. I remember writing that, that was... one and thinking I wrote that one months ago. I was thinking. Yeah. This is going to be some real shit. Yeah, <laughs> it was. But Jesus anyways, yep. we got our November solicit coming up next issue. Make sure again, if you haven't already subscribed to the show, leave a five star rating. It helps us out a ton and a review too, if you can as well. Um, but until then, Joe, stay sexy. You know it. I <laughs> like Nick's just like, I'm out. All right, we're yeah. done.